Happy Easter, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Cracking Night Show. You know the deal by now. This is the only show on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams in NHL. That, of course, is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, joining me, Ian, as ever, is my partner in crime, uh, JP. Um, first off, obviously, hello. Secondly, it's been over a week. Is We had our little week off. Um, but I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like it's been forever, man. Yeah, we've been rolling along at this one per week pace. So to suddenly go two weeks, it does feel a little strange, but good to be back in here talking hockey with you. Exactly. Even if some of the stuff we have to talk about today isn't maybe the most uplifting conversations <laughs> we've had since we've been doing this. <laughs> um, it's got to that point in the season now where like when it first starts, you're like, man, it's 82 games. Whereas now you're at the point of the season where you're going, man, it's 82 games. How many are left? Can we just get this thing wrapped up? Yeah. So, yeah. Long, grueling season. And yes, I'm kind of ready for it to be over one way or the other, no matter how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come, we're going to come to that. Um, we do have some news to hit first though. So, and we haven't played this news clip in a while. So, <laughs> so it's it's been too long mate so i could have used a proper news jingle but i thought nah i'll, I'll embarrass him well, i appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome um but we actually do have a little bit of news um some serious bits some not so serious um, but we will start with one of the more serious ones, which obviously um, it was awful news the other day that uh, Islanders legend Mike Bossy uh, passed away at the age of 65, which is uh, no age at all. Um, but he left his mark on the league. There was no doubt in that, given that he won as many cups as he did. He got the Conn Smythe Trophy as well as playoff MVP in 1982. He was he, a legend of the game. Um, as we've We've lost a few legends. Uh, it feels like it's one of those years where we're losing more than we would like. Obviously, we would like to lose none, but uh, yeah, it's a shame. A shame that we've lost him. So, yeah, he was with the Islanders during that stretch where they won four cups in a row. Um, I think I heard on a broadcast yesterday as well. His career ended a little bit early. I guess he had like back issues or something. But uh, wow, what a career! Right, if you're going to have one, even if it's shorter. Four um, cups, four cups. That's in a amazing. row. So in a row, exactly. Yeah. So the uh, stuff yeah. Tampa can only dream of, right? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, well, as I said, absolute legend, and obviously our thoughts with his family during this uh, no doubt difficult time. Um, that is the sad bit of news. The the more positive pieces of news, though. So we saw Carey Price return to the ice, uh, and I have to say that slowly um, after obviously a long time off. We all know why he was off. We all know the reasons why he was off. He came out and explained about, you know, the demons he was battling and et cetera, et cetera. And Vegas fans know better than any other fans that goalies dealing with these sorts of things doesn't always mean the end of their career. And for some, including uh, Mr. Lena, um, it can sometimes, once they get rid of those demons, bring a whole new goalie to the uh, to the ice. So it was great to see Price back. I thought he played all right. Uh, they lost, but then the defense he was playing in front of <laughs> has changed somewhat to the last mm. time he was on the ice, which was in a uh, a Stanley Cup final. But great to see him back. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, he was gone for such a long time, right? Mm. 
yeah, yeah. definitely good to see him back. Yeah, not joining the current Canadians lineup is is uh, not not the best palette of which to judge someone. But yeah, it's also <laughs> at this point just about getting his getting his gear on and getting back out there, right? Gearing up for next 100%. year. I'm proving he can do it. There's some rumors yeah. that he's going to get traded, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, wow, that would be uh, an impressive contract to take on if somebody goes in for him. But mm-hmm. you never know. Um, and the two other bits of news. So we will do the more serious one and then finish with this stupid one at the end. But the Blues and the Flames both clinched their playoff berths. Uh, Bruins, I believe, have done the same. There may be some other teams, I can't remember. But on the Western side, the Blues and the Flames are the first two to do it. Um, obviously, it's pretty tight below those two uh, in both their divisions. The Avalanche, obviously, are the other one, I should say, who already clinched. They clinched a little while ago, given they've been stand out. So it's starting to get to that point. Once you start to hear that teams are clinching, that's when you know that the end of the season is coming around. We're going to talk about Vegas in a minute, but it is uh, a make or break, to mm. say the least. Certainly in the home stretch now. Mm. Exactly. And the last bit of news has to do with everybody's favorite man, Evander Kane. And Ryan Hartman uh, is the other piece in this news story. And they had a little bit of a scuffle. Uh, and then Ryan Hartman, uh, remembering this is a, a family-friendly show, uh, flipped the bird <laughs> to uh, to Mr. Kane um, and got fined for it, which you're probably thinking, yeah, we know, Ian, that happened two weeks ago, which I know, but we weren't recording. So, so for us, this is still news. <laughs> But not only was it hilarious that somebody flipped the bird to Van der Kane, um, when he was asked about the fine, Ryan Hartman said it was worth it. I think he got fined $2,000 or something like that. But right. to make it even funnier, the Wild fans set up a Just Giving page to raise the $2,000 to pay off Ryan Hartman's <laughs> fine, right? Which I think is brilliant. They, they were happy to subsidize that. They were happy, off. exactly. And then in a in a last like section of this, even to make it that little like you got they got the cream on top. It's just that tiny cherry discount pop. Was the fact that Ryan uh, Ryan Hartman, not Ryan Hartman, <laughs> Evanda Kane's ex wife donated the full amount <laughs> <laughs> and gave the lot. <laughs> so. That's, it was uh, classic. Now, he didn't use the money. He obviously paid it himself, and he donated the money to charity or something like that. Sure, sure, sure. But it's the gesture. It's more about the gesture, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so I just thought that was, uh, was quite, uh, funny. Classic. quite funny. Yeah, he, so. Kane, with all his troubles, his his on-ice personality hasn't changed much, has it? No. He's, uh, he's still hot-headed, and uh, he definitely plays the villain out there, I'd say. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. So I think it's right for us to go straight into the two teams. And whilst I would love to talk about the Kraken first, the reality is our playoff hopes ended a long time ago, um, back in October when the season started, I think is when our playoff hopes finished. Um, But Vegas's are still alive, albeit um, 
they're on some sort of kind of resuscitation machine, like coma style mm-hmm. alive, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, the playoff hopes are still there. Uh, as of yeah. today, they have a 29.8% chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, according to uh, well, according to, this is according to moneypuck.com but I'm pretty certain they got it from nhl.com um, it's not been a awful two weeks since we last spoke um, you played Vancouver three times so somebody uh, forgot to put Vancouver in the uh, Vegas calendar because you ended up playing them three times in, a, in about yeah. two weeks um, right. and you pretty much split it as much as you could you won one you lost one and you overtime lost one. Um, you beat Arizona for what that's worth. Um, a fantastic win against Calgary. Absolutely stunning mm-hmm. win against Calgary. Mm-hmm. And then as we were saying before we started recording, um, and then I want to say it was last night, but I think it was the night before, um, the, the uh, 4-0 loss to Edmonton, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Yeah, that was kind of the backbreaker. I mean, honestly, for a second there, the team was getting reasonably healthy and they've got, you know, kind of most of the, of the sort of big name players, the big starting players back. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, wow. They're kind of getting healthy at just the right time. Like kind of catching fire. So I was thinking maybe, especially the way they beat Calgary. I was like, Oh wow. Cause they had a bunch of new line combos. They had sort of juggled the lines and had this crazy setup that we had never seen before. And, and it, that's when they trounced Calgary. So I'm thinking, oh wow, they've just dis- they've kind of they've discovered something here. Mm-hmm. But the the loss to Edmonton uh, last night was or yesterday was a, a backbreaker for sure. They really needed to win that game. Had they won that game, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. But that may very well have been kind of the nail in the coffin. Yeah, statistically, yes, it, could they make it in? But it's. Now it really depends on LA is going to have to lose, you know, maybe Dallas or Nashville. If either of them lose a few, there's still a possibility, but it started to feel pretty real yesterday when they lost to Edmonton. Um, and it's a bummer too, because these line combos were against Calgary were really working. So, you know, maybe something to carry into next year, although this roster is not going to be completely intact next year either. But, um, yeah, it's you, you can kind of feel it. You know, the fan base is kind of starting to accept, you know, and there was even the you have sort of the 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 bright eyed, bushy tailed fans that sort of believe no matter what. Yeah, I believe they can do it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Even those bright eyed, bushy tailed fans now are kind of starting to say, oh, yeah, <laughs> might, might not be our year kind of thing. So like you said, I mean, 29 point whatever percent you said, that's still a roughly one in three chance. <laughs> so we we can't completely write it off but yeah. with six games left i mean really the knights need to win out don't they 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 would need to sort of win all six if, if they're going to have a good shot of getting in i would think so i think you're bang on mate i mean you guys have played 76 games so like mm. you said you've got six to go yeah. um you are currently as it stands three points off la albeit you have a game in hand but it's right. only two points for a win which means that the game in hand doesn't do it on its own. And this kind of goes back to what we said, well, months and months and months ago. And, and for, for new listeners, welcome to the show. For returning listeners, welcome back. Um, but for both those sets of listeners, 
if you go all the way back to before the season started and JP sounds a lot happier, I sound a lot happier, but all the <laughs> way back to the beginning of the season and we were doing the preview shows for each of the divisions and we said about the Pacific that you don't want to be the team that's outside the top three fighting for a wild card because the two wild card spaces are going to go to the central. And that's exactly mm-hmm. how it looks right now. So in the central, you've got Nashville and Dallas on 91 points each, both with a game in hand on Vegas. <coughs> Excuse me. And the reality of them losing both is is just almost non as in both Nashville and Dallas losing mm-hmm. is highly unlikely um yeah. you know given their their performance and they're both on a good streak now as well which doesn't help you guys so i think as we called it albeit not the teams that we called but as we called it in terms of the three and and five i think it'll be five teams from the central and three teams from the pacific and for vegas they've got a they've got to win all six and force mm-hmm. Um, LA to to have to do the same. Obviously, you said you got a game in hand, so they would have to win all of them. If they dropped, yeah. even if they got an overtime loss, it would give you the chance to to tie it. Um, right. And I, I don't know how the stats well enough to know whether that would be enough for you to get through. I mean, I guess it all comes down to goals for and all that kind of jazz, and and, and mm-hmm. when you played LA and all that kind of stuff, but. Right. Yeah. Down to you had to come down to the various tiebreakers. Right. Like regulation. I think. I think I read one of the Knights pundits said, yeah, I think they said that the Knights would win on regulation wins. Yes. If if they were tied in points with the Kings, then the the Knights would take third. But it's, wow, it is tight, tight, tight. And it's not in the hands of the Knights entirely, right? So there's some chance involved here now too, because even if they win all six, if the Kings also win their remaining games, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so the, we you know, they have to rely on that. The Kings have to lose a couple. Yep. Or like you said, they have to lose. They have to. Oh, you're right. It, it, because there's a game in hand. So if they had one overtime loss, and the Knights won all six, then, then it would be yeah, then, level. Yeah, then the Knights would the Knights would go in. Yeah, they would go through in third. But um, you know, look, it's it's. I had a I had a, a fan recently on on Twitter that kind of tangled with me a little bit over this and. I think it's um, on Twitter. Really, it's a, that's shocking. A, no, <laughs> no, no, nobody gets cranky on Twitter. I think it's interesting because I, I, I do. There's a few kind of Twitter buddies of mine who get cranky when I say this. Uh, you know, I, I should emphasize: I love the team, and I, I want to see them win. I enjoy seeing them win, and on, from a selfish standpoint, I, I want to see them squeeze into the playoffs. Of course, I enjoy when they win. I still stand by my theory, you know, which. Um, you know, one of our guests, Gizmo, from a few episodes back, also brought up. I completely agree with him on this. I still think it's going to be better for the team in the long run if they do miss the playoffs this year. Mm. I, I just think, honestly, when I say the team is healthy, <laughs> I don't think that's 100% true. I think the people that are returning to the lineup are healthy enough to play. That doesn't mean they're healthy, though. It, it just means they're healthy enough that they can strap on some skates and play. They're, they're playing for their lives. So yeah, Pacioretty's back. Is he 100%? Maybe not. Yeah, Stone's back. Is he 100%? I don't, 
I would venture to say probably not. He's probably good enough to play, but I bet he doesn't feel great. But these guys are in because the team is trying to make it into the playoffs. So I still stand by my theory that I think what this team needs is a long rest. And this this will give them that and then make them come in all that much stronger next year, which we saw happen with Tampa, right? Their early exit from the playoffs, I think, was a blessing in disguise. Now, of course, we've said this. The team is never just going to hang. You know, They're never going to throw in the towel. They're never going to give up and be like, okay, well, we'll just miss this year. I get that. I totally understand. I don't expect them to do that. I just think this is one of those things that will probably be a blessing in disguise for this team, right? Like health, what's the big problem this year? Health. That's the only problem this year. We can criticize everything else. Yep. To me, the biggest issue was they're too banged up. So, uh, and you can't heal if you keep pushing guys back into the lineup when they're barely ready to play. And I guarantee you that's what's happening. They got stone in there the second they could, they got patch ready in there the second they could. Uh, with those guys more than likely still being a little tender from their injuries. So I still think it's probably going to be a good thing in the long run, even though it still stings at the moment, you know? Yeah, no, I can understand that. Um, and you can feel that with the, uh, with the fan base. And um, mm-hmm. like you said, some people are kind of starting to realize that maybe it's not going to happen. Some people are consoling themselves, like you said, with stuff to do with Tampa or some of the other reasons they may want to console themselves. But mm-hmm. uh, and then some aren't. Some fans <laughs> are, are doing their, their kind of normal stuff, which is you know just tear it all down and um, right. and uh, you know I wanted to shout out to that guy who wore the uh, the Leonard T-shirt. Um, so and I I, I used to, I. I I normally, I don't. I'm not a Vegas fan, so I don't have to mince my words. But um, and uh, and I'm not going to bleep this out either because I think he, I think he should hear it. I'm not damn sure he's listening to this podcast, but if he is, he should know that he's a dick. Um, because <laughs> like Leonard's not even been healthy, so to say right. that he sucks, I think. And if you're going to make a statement or make a comment, at least do your research first, right? Um, and look at his safe percentage because right, it's better than most. It's not great. It's not having. He's mm-hmm. not had a great year. Yeah. But the one thing that a goalie doesn't need is injuries every two seconds, because they can't get a rhythm going. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, I really hope that you do make the playoffs, um, because I kind of feel like if you get in, because your players are back, you've got a good chance of, of you know of, of doing something when you're there. And I think the fans kind of need it, but. Mm-hmm. By the same token, I, I'm 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 inclined to agree with you on the on the fact that actually a season off might not be the worst thing. But can the organization handle it? That's the question. Because yeah, what you don't want to do is make wholesale changes to this team. I, I understand you're going to have to make some changes because of cap. That's mm-hmm. forced. That's not the that's not the owner's fault. That's not the team's fault. That's not performance based. That's just you've got to get to you know the cap next year. It isn't really going to change from this year. Maybe it'll go up by a million if you're lucky. Um, that's it. So cap things they've got to do, but they just need to, you know, stay the course, stick the team, stay with what they've got. And I'm just, I'm intrigued to see how the fan base reacts if you guys don't yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be interesting. If I had to guess, and I don't know, I'm not inside, right? So I, I can't say this for sure. But over the years, if somebody asked me to 
field and educated guess on where some of that intense pressure comes from. I would say that it comes from Bill Foley. Uh, I think D- George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon want to win and they're, they're dialed in and mm-hmm. they're not afraid to make the aggressive moves. I also think though, that there have been times where George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon have probably quote unquote, talked a little sense into Bill Foley, who is not historically a hockey man, right? He's a, he's a businessman and he's learned the game and he's learned about owning a sports franchise and he's done really well. So kudos to him. I do think though, there have been times probably where McCrimmon and, and McPhee have had to calm him down and say, wait a minute, like, you know, this is how it's done. Give us a second. You know, I mean, even regarding going back to the flurry trade, that there were a lot of things that Foley said publicly that I'm sure McPhee and and, uh, McCrimmon kind of, you know, put their hands over their faces and said, oh gosh, I wish, (laughs) I wish he hadn't said that. Right. Like Foley was quoted as saying something like, you know, Fleury's going to retire a golden knight kind of thing. And I'm, you know, the managers know better than to say things like that because that's one of the things the fans have been cranky about. They're like, well, Foley made a promise and he didn't keep his word. And look, I don't think that makes him a bad guy. I just think that means like he's new to owning a sports franchise and he's kind of figuring it out. And that's why he hires people like McCrimmon and McPhee to sort of advise him on this stuff and and sort of, you know, help sort of coach him how to this, how all this works. So th- that brings me around to my point, which is I think in the off season, I think it's likely that there will be uh, sort of some anxiety and some pressure, particularly from Foley, from ownership. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Foley will be like, you know, what's going on? Why did this happen? I'm sure these conversations have already been had. It, you know, Mc, the front office, though, McPhee and McCrimmon, they seem like they're wise enough that they can look at this season and say, hey, we just had the injury bug. I mean, like, really, the the the, the team's pretty good. The coach, is, you know, the coach managed to give us a shot, which is really speaks highly of DeBoer, right? And actually kept him in the mix, you know, with half the team gone, which is pretty impressive. So yep. I don't know. My prediction, I think they'll probably keep their heads screwed on straight. I think they may have to sort of talk Foley down a little bit, right? <laughs> which they may have already. Like, they may have yeah. to kind of say, no, 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 look. We've got a great squad. We just had a bad luck season. Like, you know, so I, I kind of have a feeling, I don't think they'll go drastic. I think they'll go cap compliant and, and the, the lot of the core will, will probably remain. That's just my prediction, but, uh, you know, that's all guesswork. I'm not on the inside, so I don't know for sure. You know, no, look, and we, we, we will follow all of that. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, myself and JP were talking about before we came on air was, was what we're going to be doing in the off season, but I can, I can guarantee you guys, um, not that, uh, that that anyone will retire a golden knight, but I can guarantee that we will uh, be talking <laughs> about any of the off-season moves that happen, and we will bring you all of that stuff. Obviously, you know, as fast as possible. Um, mm. A couple of questions from my side, JP, before we move on down to the Kraken. You talked about injuries and injuries being a massive factor. Uh, you've obviously mentioned your terms and in, in, in feelings around whether or not the playoffs is achievable, but for me, one of the standout things this season, and maybe the injuries is that point, but it's the consistency around performances. You know, you just can't seem to, like we're talking here, do you guys got to win six games in a row? I, I'm not sure in the season that you've done that. And, and and most of the weeks that we talk about, it's kind of up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm. And you go from 6-1 against Calgary 
which you know that, that, that it would be hard not to be a Vegas fan after that game, thinking, you know, we're on here, right? And then the four nil is just like that Will Smith slap across the face, you know? So right, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think look, the the Oilers, the Oilers are looking pretty good. They've turned a corner, and that was an example of a team that's that's dialed in. Mm. right they came up against a team that's pretty dialed in that um their systems are pretty consistent and that's from being able to develop that chemistry night after night i gotta say too uh, you know when when they beat calgary the thought did cross my mind because this happened to the knights as well yep. when you're that far ahead you're that far out the calgary's winning the division there's no question about that they're winning the division they're making the playoffs once you've clinched, you know, teams don't give you their best game because everybody's interested in making the playoffs yeah, without don't getting get hurt. Yeah, yeah. So as exciting as that Calgary victory was, guaranteed we didn't get Calgary's best. And I, re- I remember the Knights in year one, speaking of Calgary, in year one, I remember the last game of the season, the Knights had beyond clinched. I mean, they were so far, they'd clinched the division you know, 10 games prior or something like that. Mm-hmm. And their last game of the season was away at Calgary. And and the Knights got trounced like eight to one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's embarrassing. And you're like, what's going on? No, I know exactly what's going on. These guys have got their eye on the prize. And they're like, we have to play this game. There's no way we're coming in here and putting our bodies on the line. Why would you? Yeah. You don't need the win. And so even though we're not quite that far you know, there's still a handful of games left, but I guarantee you Calgary is letting off the gas a little now because they can. Yeah. Um, so uh, I got a little sidetracked there, but, um, and you may have to remind me of what your original question was, because that's just how I roll. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the consistency and, and the fact yeah. that to me, yeah. that is, that is the crux of this season. It yes. is. Yeah. The Vegas have not been consistent enough. So, you know, and I, and I think, to now be expecting them to go on this unbeaten six game streak is yeah. yeah it'll be amazing if it happens but it just feels like that's a bridge too far i i agree and and ultimately to answer your question yeah i just think i don't think i don't think you can develop consistency if you can't have something resembling a similar lineup night after night of course in hockey there's going to be changes there's going to be injuries and you're going to have to tweak here and there but i mean for god's sake they never have the same lineup twice it hardly ever happens it's happened here and there but but i think that's the inconsistency comes from you know put yourself in the shoes of a player yeah it's like oh tonight you're playing with um stone and patcheretti uh uh, actually, okay. And then the next night, no, no, no. Actually, now we're going to put you on the third line with so and so and so and so. And then the next night, they're like, oh, we're going to put you back on the first line, but Patchetti's hurt now, so it's going to be you and Stone and Dodonov, right? Like every night is different. And yeah, they're pro hockey players; they can make something happen. But what kind of confidence would you have if every night you're with guys that you're not 100 percent sure what they're going to do? You think you're going to play to the team systems, but you know, chemistry is about knowing a player, knowing where they're going to be, um, you know, having confidence with each other, having a good rapport with each other. And they just didn't get that at all this year. So very hard to develop any kind of consistency when 
the lineup is a just a revolving door. And then you complicate that further by bringing in these young guys, these AHL guys, and they're all making their NHL debuts and right. And you're also trying to sort of provide leadership to them and coach them a little bit and say, okay, you're doing good. And right. The team dynamics are just up and down all over the map. So under the circumstances, I wouldn't have expected consistency. And really it's remarkable that they got any at all. It's it's remarkable they won as many games as they did, to be honest. So really, if anything, we should probably be looking at the Knights and saying, wow, good on you. That was, that was a pretty good season, all things considered, you know? Yeah, all things considered, exactly. Hi, hockey fans, Ian here. If you're enjoying everything we're trying to do here at the Kraken Knights show, then please leave us a review and that little funky star rating wherever you get your podcast from. Spotify, iTunes, you know the places. The few seconds it takes to do, it'll help us out massively and help us to continue to grow this show and our superb listener base along with it. So thank you in advance and enjoy the rest of the show. We're going to cover the Kraken, so we will move uh, down. <laughs> Trying to remember where they are on the map. I need to. I need a map in this office somewhere. Just a map of the north, map of map of the west. Just something that shows me two little arrows, one that's pointing towards Vegas and one that's pointing towards Seattle. That's I can okay. remember, but um, so we're going to move on down to Seattle uh, and talk about the Kraken a little bit. We're not going to touch on them too much, um, but we're conscious that this podcast has to cover both. Otherwise, we haven't really lived up to our promises. Uh, let alone talking about uh, the uh, the Vegas ownership. So. Two weeks worth of games for the Kraken, which started, obviously we had the Vegas doubleheader the week before, which we're not going to go into. Um, but on the Sunday night, straight after we recorded, I got a little bit of a respite because we beat uh, Dallas 4-1. Then we got smashed by St. Louis. And I know we were just talking about the playoffs, but they look a really good team. They're a really, really good hockey team, St. Louis. I think they are... Um, if they go out in the first round, I'll be amazed because they just—I just feel like they're built, they're like a playoff-built team. So mm-hmm. we will see. Yeah. Um, then we played Chicago uh, and beat them two 0 at the United Center, uh, which was nice. Then we lost to Calgary uh, twice, <laughs> so we lost four one at home, uh, which was bad. And then five three away, which was, felt a bit better, but it wasn't that great. The only thing that was great about the five uh, three away game was that was the uh, first game for uh and i've been calling him matty bernier but i've, I've realized that uh that i'm pronouncing that in, entirely incorrectly and it's bernier's so uh matty bernier's came in for his first game as a uh as a kraken uh player and uh and the and the ownership have been doing all they can to to hammer the hell out of that one i must have had about four emails saying you know get your matty bernier's shirts and <laughs> which i thought all right guys we know the season sucks but calm down right. we don't need you don't need to hammer us with that so we bought the jerseys already right you know that right. it was a fasting seller, the fastest yeah. selling jersey of all time <laughs> uh, it sold out for weeks i'm thinking chill out i don't need to have a jersey with every player's name on it right kids like you know 19 that's just cutting some slack <laughs> but anyway and we'll come to him in a minute because we wanted to finish with the kind of new kids on the block thing so we will talk about that um and the final game in the two-week stretch for the kraken saw us beat 
New Jersey 4-3 at home. Wasn't a great game, to be honest. It was a game I watched uh, today or yesterday, technically, in terms of when it was on. First thing in the morning for me. Um, beat them in a, sh- uh, in a shootout. To which Grubauer, I thought Grubauer played quite well. If you look at Grubauer's stats in the in the New Jersey game, you kind of wouldn't be surprised if he'd had a mare because I think he was about eight eight seven or something around that. It was eight hundred and something was his save percentage, but the goals that we gave up, he had no chance. These were like you know the cross crease goals where Swan passes it from one side to the other, and as long as they get their stick on that puck and aim it somewhere in the goal, it's going in. You know, as long as it hits the net somewhere, it's, it's the goalie's got no chance when it's mm. going to cross them like that. So right, I felt right. like his save percentage was maybe a little bit lower than what what it should have been, which is no fault of his own. But anyway, he got the shutout, or I got the sh- won the shootout, should I say? Um, and uh, you see, my my brain's just switched off for the rest of the season as well. That you know, it's just given up. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> So all in all, it was a, it was actually quite a positive couple of weeks. We won some games, not many, but as Kraken fans will know, if you can win maybe two or three games in a fortnight, that's a good fortnight because we've had fortnights right. where we've lost all of them. Sure, <laughs> you know? sure, so sure. Yeah. The, the nine-game losing streak is not a distant memory yet. Um, but it's interesting now to see the team playing without any pressure. Right. Um, and my gut feel before I did the research that I did was that the younger guys seem to be contributing more. Um, whether or not it's because, and you said this yourself, JP, that they're playing for their jobs next year, maybe, maybe. Um, but if I can get up these stats that I have in front of me here, I'll come to goalies in a minute, but I wanted the player stats. Here we go. And that means I have to move your head as well, JP. So (laughs) these stats are for the last two weeks. And the top two point scorers for the Kraken are Ryan Donato, who's got four points in six games, and Carson Kuhlman, who also has four points in six games. Um, Two, obviously, young guns in the team. Uh, Venberg, Gordon, McCann, they're the next three, which is not too much of a surprise. uh, But it's... It kind of goes with what I was feeling, which is that the pressure's obviously off now because they are playing for nothing. But the reality is these players are never playing for nothing because they're playing for the spot next year. They're playing for Mm -hmm. contracts. They're playing for reputation. They're playing for trades. Whatever position each of those different Kraken players is in, they're all playing for something. Now, if you're Vince Dunn, you're not playing for nothing you're playing to make sure you don't get traded. Or if you want to get traded, you're playing better because you want to get traded. You know, mm-hmm. So I think it would be wrong for me to say they're not playing for nothing, but they're definitely playing without pressure, which is very different. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And uh, going back to what you were saying earlier about Grubauer as well, I do think stati- that's one of the areas where statistics are not always, they don't always tell the whole story. And yeah. you're right, like, there are s- certain shots that are completely, um, you know, certain goals that are not connected to goalie performance no. at all. And like your example, you know, the yawning cage, right? Like where the team sets up a play in such a way that there's no way the goalie's going to stop it, mm. right? And that's those cross ice passes, quick cross, you know, quick pass across the slot, which is a common way to score, like on the power play or whatever. Yes, you know, you. you th- most of the time, no no goalie's going to stop 
those shots if they're well executed. So, um, yeah, statistics are an interesting thing in that way. They don't always tell tell the full story, do they? So, yeah, uh, my hope is that Grubauer kind of heats up and uh, and has a bounce back season next year. I, I would tend to believe he's going to, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it is interesting. Teams do tend to play differently when there isn't that same pressure, don't they? So, there's some promising things from the Kraken, I'd say. Yeah, I think so, and I think that they are given the situation they're in. Um, there are certainly some positives to be taken. I'm, I'm enjoying seeing some of the young guys play uh, and play well. The Carson Coleman has actually looked really strong, and not just like since the pressure's been taken off. He looked really good actually, kind of since he joined from Boston, and we picked him up on waivers. Uh, he's mm-hmm. one of the pluses, I guess, in a in obviously a disappointing season. I think mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I would like to see for the other remaining kind of six games left is just some of the core players. You know, they're guys that I would expect to be around next year. I'd like to see them playing better. You know, Don Scoy has had a horrendous season by his accounts. Um I don't know whether he has more than the one goal because I didn't bother to look that up. But if he does, it isn't by many. Um, but I, I actually feel like he may only have one goal this entire season. Um, this is where we need an assistant who, when I say these sorts of things, could be there. You know, He or she could <laughs> yeah. be typing away and they can wave We're at us and go, no, you're talking crappy and he's, he's scored 25 <laughs> goals. But uh, he, he hasn't <laughs> scored 25 goals, by the way. I, I don't need an assistant to tell me that. I, I know he has not. Um, like I want to see him playing better. Uh, I've been I've been pretty disappointed this season with Vince Dunn. Um, given that they took Vince Dunn instead of Tarasenko, um, I, I I'm sure that Ron Francis, uh, who still hasn't called me yet, uh, is not having nightmares um, about the draft. But if he is, I guarantee you that nightmare involves the ghost of Tarasenko coming up in front of him, saying, "You thought I was done," um, but he. You know, Vince Dunn, no goals in the last six games, two assists, which is probably quite polite given that he's on a lot of the lines, including the power play. Um, Mm -hmm. Minus two, he was on the ice for one of those goals um, against New Jersey, which was one of my frustrations. Um, I just, you know, he was supposed to be our top line D he was one of the mm-hmm. D that we took where he was supposed to be this out-and-out prospect. I've just been pretty disappointed by him. Yeah. Um, the And then and then, and Alexiak's another one, although he has played a little better recently, but he's, you know, those kind of guys I'd like to see. I know there's only a couple of games left now, but I want to see more from them. Morgan Geeky, I want to see more from him. Because right. for me, like these guys aren't untradeable. Now, Vince Dunn is not untradeable. I'd want to see if you know if he doesn't want to be in Seattle. I'm not saying he does or doesn't because I don't know. He hasn't he hasn't told me specifically, but I want him to play like he does want to be here. And if he does want to be here, then you've got to play a lot better than that next year because it's right. just not going to cut it. But um, right. talking goalies, I did I did have a look at the goalie stats, and in terms of the the back end of the season, I looked at two different time periods when I worked out these stats. So first, these two numbers I'm going to read you are the last two weeks. So Grubauer over the last two weeks has a 928 save percentage. Now, yes, wow, that is only on three games. 
because they are mm. literally splitting the goalies 50-50 at the moment. Um, right. But Riga also has a save percentage of 916. Wow. So whilst we have not won every game that we've played for the last two weeks, we've lost you know a fair few. The goalies have not been the reason for those losses, and that's what I want. That's what I want to see more than anything else for the rest of this season. Is mm-hmm. I want to see those two playing like the two goalies that we that we well, drafted and and purchased in free agency. But I mean, even those are great we, numbers. They're great numbers. You know, mm-hmm. solid numbers for a six game a six game stretch. Um, mm-hmm. But even if we go back a little further and we go back all the way to the beginning of, of March, so this is now 19 games um, played since then. Grubauer's played 11 goals against average of 2.9, which is not, that's not well off the league average. Uh, and then a 901 safe percentage, which is, you know, let's be honest, look, he'd take that at the moment. And Driga, uh, eight games played, so a few less. Better goals against average at two point seven seven and a nine zero six, which I think is is on level with with Lena this year. I think Lena was around that last time I remember looking. Um, so the the goalies have been better the last couple of yeah. months, and there's there's yeah. no denying that. Especially when you take into account the things you were saying that the defense hasn't got any better. <laughs> so yeah. there's still weaknesses. They've got arguably they're paying in front of a weaker defense than they were at the beginning of the season. Cause we've traded obviously Giordano and uh, you know, so I yeah. think you take those, you take those two goalies playing those numbers on this team and you put them on, you put them on a contending team and those safe percentages are and goals against is significantly better from there. So I I think those guys are definitely it sounds to me like they're carrying their weight and playing pretty well. You're not going to get a safe percentage, you know, or goals against that's much higher than that under the circumstances, right? You you need mm-hmm. a solid defense in front of you uh to to for your percentage to be better, I think. Personally, oh, like you said, yeah, there's definitely. those goals that just no goalie's going to stop. And if the defense in front of you is giving up those kind of opportunities on a regular basis, that's going to drive down your numbers, right? Or, yeah. or in the case of goals against, it's going to drive it up. So that's encouraging. I think that's a really good sign going into next season for sure. Yeah. And to be honest, if I was Ron Francis right now, I would be quite quietly, admittedly, but quietly confident about you know, next season being a better season than this season. I I don't think Mm -hmm. we're going to be Stanley Cup contenders, but I think we're going to be in the mix a bit like what we've seen from LA this year. Mm -hmm. And I know they are technically in the playoff spot, of course, we discussed, but in that kind of space, uh, a bit like your Dallas and Nashville of these, of of, of the central where you're there in a wild card kind of battle. Yeah. Because with better goaltending, I think we'll get us a, yeah, a massive change on this season, and and the guys seem mm-hmm. to be seem to be doing it. I mean, you could argue the pressure's off, but I think for the goalies, the seasons they've had, if they can finish strong, that's going to be such a such a mental boost for them for next season. Yeah, more confidence going into the next year, and I think if next season, if they can kind of be in the mix like that, that would be a, considered a huge victory, like a massive success in terms of this organization and its trajectory, right? Like oh, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Even if they just improve next year. Let's say they miss the playoffs again, but it's like, no, 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 they were a middle-of-the-pack team. I think that would be a, a massive jump forward. Every, I think yeah. everybody in Seattle and in that organization would and should be really pleased with that, you know? Especially when you've got, you know, young guys performing. Will I know, Borgen's played well. Um, you know, and I, I quite like him as a defender. You've got... 
um Cole Lind who's played quite well you know given his age and his experience obviously we we're talking earlier about Beniers as well so there's there's lots of things to be positive about I know it, this isn't the season that people wanted I know it isn't the season that some fans thought they were going to have but I think with every season whatever sport you're following whether it's hockey or not you always have to try and take some positives out of it and as long as you are moving in the right direction then then it's still positive and I think that's you know, I'm I'm certainly sat here as a as a Seattle fan, thinking there's a lot to like about this team. Just a lot of it isn't <laughs> isn't what we thought it was going to be. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of that what's to come. Um, right. And talking about what's to come, we wanted to finish talking about the uh, new kids on the block. And, and don't panic, I'm not going to play any uh, clips from new kids on the <laughs> oh, block. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, if you want a rendition long enough that we don't get sued of course then uh, feel feel free to um but uh but there was two new kids on the block obviously we're going to talk about Binias first because we're already talking about Seattle but there is a a Vegas uh, golden knight uh, who we want to discuss as well um it's small sample size so we have to be careful that we don't start pumping the tires of these guys too much too soon but Matty has looked really something i mean it's just mm-hmm. certain times with players I and mean, we saw this with kale mccarr when he like he the second he stepped on the ice with colorado it just looked like he'd always been there like he mm-hmm. didn't look like he was having to work his way up to being nhl ready he just came on nhl ready you no know adjustment period no adjustment. yeah just boom yeah right into the stanley cup playoffs exactly well yeah exactly highest pressure scenario he could physically be thrown into and i'm, I'm not saying <laughs> Matty Benias is the same level as Cal McCarr before people start twittering at me and saying, you know, oh, you said this. No, but he does look NHL ready, you know, and, and I think it's helped the fact that he's been in an absolute superstar team in, in Michigan and, and who have had a fantastic season themselves. But he he came in and he just, there's no fear with this kid. He's he's yeah. making plays. He's not easing his way in. Mm-hmm. The first assist that he got, his first NHL point, that pass over to, and I forget who scores the goal now, but it was it was literally a beautiful cross eyes pass straight on the tape. All the guy had to do was hit it, and it was going in. It was a great shot as well, but it's a fantastic pass um, for you know for someone who's it was his first ever game in the NHL against the flames and yeah you're right they probably have taken the foot off the gas a bit but they're still a good team and they're not they're not not playing um and yeah. uh, and then his goal as well it was it was wasn't the the prettiest of goals but it was one of those where he had to be there so the hockey iq to be ready for that puck to spill out to be able to to, to tap it in fantastic so I'm, i'll be really impressed by what i've seen i think his his talent isn't really in kind of one area. I think he's just a good all-round hockey player. I think he's got a great hockey IQ um, and he's got the skill to not only be able to see the play, but then actually execute it. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. su- a, a full season with him in the center position. I'm really excited to see what he can do for the Kraken. Absolutely, too. And the other thing that it says about him, and this is really important, young players, one of the most important things uh, for them finding their stride is confidence, confidence Mm. and comfortability. And he clearly has enough sort of mojo going for him already 
you can tell that he came in saying, oh yeah, I got this. I'm ready for the pros. <laughs> he would have to. He would have to have that attitude yeah. to be able to march out there, go from college straight to the NHL. No inter intermediary pro games, like no minor league stuff, just straight into the NHL. And to go out there and he's killing it, kind of his, you know, his first yeah. game, just right out of the chute. And um, and there has to be a certain amount of swagger, a certain amount of mojo for a player to be able to go in there and not really be intimidated and just be like, I got this. I'm yeah. fine. Right. And that's good. That's the kind of you you need that. You want that kind of confidence, especially in your young players, because they're contributing, they're making huge contributions to the team right away. In fact, if anything. I think sometimes confidence gets rattled in the older players. Like the the first time you hit some adversity or you have a bit of a struggle or a slump, you know, or the first time you get sent down, that's when the mental battle begins. But you're catching this kid when he's fresh, like he's right. He just came off a huge season in Michigan, right? Yeah, and, um, yeah so that's good. Capitalize on mm. that. And the better he can do, the more confident he will be. And, and the more he can be a, you know, a constant contributor to the lineup. So it's, that's really great news. Like it's a, that is a happy little, not a surprise, but him doing that well, right out of the gate. That's great. It's a pleasant, pleasant little surprise. You know, he's a good player, but, uh, for him, you know, most of the time teams are very patient, right? They're like, well, it's his first, you know, he just got into the NHL, like give him a minute to settle in. This kid didn't need it. Did he? So two, two points in two games. Um, yeah, you know, he's, he's. Fantastic, fantastic mm-hmm. start for him. Obviously, he's got a goal as well, so it is literally a goal and assist in his first two games. And uh, right, yeah, he's, he's, he's rocking and rolling already. Um, not well enough, by the way, Seattle. That I'm going to go and buy another jersey so you can chill out with your emails. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but still, pretty. They are they are like you know nearly 200 uh, quid it goes. So maybe yeah. not. Um, but the other player we wanted to talk about, and we've got just amount of time left in the podcast to do it. And you say his name a whole of a lot better than I can. But uh, Brendan Brisson. <laughs> is yeah. uh, made an appearance, albeit with the Silver Knights, not the Silver Knights. Knights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, wow. I mean, I think as of the as of this recording, three goals and three assists in three games. <laughs> that's mental. That's insanity. Yeah. That even at the AHL level. That's good. That's insanity. I mm-hmm. mean, at the NHL level, that would be beyond mental, but uh and probably not sustainable but at the ahl level even that is a massive debut um and same thing man i've i've seen little clips on social media and stuff like you know he's getting first star of the game and that kind of stuff him skating out you know saluting the audience by the way the silver knights are now playing in their brand new arena Uh, i think they just debuted there a few weeks ago so nice they got the new the, the new arena here in town that's uh you know, seats, I want to say 6,000 or maybe 8,000, but, um, talk about hitting the ground running. Like that's a very promising prospect. And man, I know we just said the Knights are not likely to make the playoffs, but if they squeeze in, he will no doubt be on the taxi squad. Uh, of course the silver Knights did make the playoffs, so they would have to kind of finish their run first. But, um, Either way, it's very exciting for next year. Would it would not oh, shock yeah. me to see uh, Brisson spending some time on the big club next year. He's because he's cheap, right? <laughs> I mean, look, you know, this isn't a hot take um, because I think most Vegas fans kind of know that Riley Smith probably won't return. 
Um, yeah. And I know there's some diehards listening to the podcast say, shut up, shut up, he's going to return. You can't break up the misfits. Yeah. I, yeah, but I'm afraid cash means that you can. Um, mm. But I could see Brisson fitting in that line. Yeah. I could see the yeah. way that he's playing, his ability to score goals. I could mm-hmm. see him. I think he will play. Uh, he's he's getting a spot next year and maybe he'll so. play in the playoffs like you said but if he doesn't yeah. play in the playoffs I, I think he is he's a he's an nhl next year 100 percent. yeah and and right that's a massive uh help with the cap situation like you said right like it's very possible we've seen smith play his last game as a golden knight right he's obviously probably out for the rest of the season yes injured yeah. and um no you're right if 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 it can be kind of if they can Obviously, won't have the same level of experience, but if we can exchange for a player with the same level of ability, yeah, it's a that that's fantastic for the Knights' cap situation for sure to have access to a prospect that's that good. And right, I mean, look there—he's coming off that same Michigan team, right? That Veneers <laughs> was on, yeah, loaded with number one, you know, with first round picks, ridiculously so, yeah, just apps. In fact likely underperformed a little like people weren't expect people were expecting them to kind of go all the way and i think they made it to the what is it the frozen four and and got eliminated first game but um but an absolutely stacked team so so brisson's gonna have that same swagger right like Hmm. you know i mean like used to playing around a bunch of really good players so there's clearly no intimidation there no uh joining the silver knights in fact i bet in his mind if if he's honest, just from a quiet standpoint, he's probably like, "Oh yeah, I'm ready for the NHL. I'll warm up here, but uh, <laughs> I'll be ready for the big yeah. club next year." And you love to see that, right? These are the kind of players that are difference makers for their teams. So, and you know, you you hit the nail on the head a second ago when you said about the cap situation. This is how teams do it. You have that mm-hmm. mix of, you know, veteran on the big deal, rookie on the little deal, and right. You try and get those kind of mixes so that the ELC ends when some other big guy's contract ends so you can start to right. flick it around. But you need that yeah. you need that mix. And obviously Vegas haven't in mm-hmm. previous seasons because they just haven't had that conveyor belt right. of uh, of talent. So right. I think Brusson is going to be the first player from my mind anyway in, in it, that's going to be a Vegas draft pick that makes yeah. it all the way into the team and stays you know, obviously right. Krebs made it into the team, but got traded. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, they're not going to trade Brisson. I, I, he's he's there, and he's he's a feature next year. So that'd be uh, be great to see. Well, that pretty much does us for this week. Uh, we obviously, as always, appreciate everybody listening. We know it's tough at the moment for both sets of fans to listen uh, to stuff about hockey. When uh, when if you're a Vegas fan, you have probably got no nails left. And if you have, you won't do by uh, by the by the eighty two <laughs> game mark. That's for certain. Um, and if you're a Kraken fan, you are probably just glad that there's only six games left, so that you can watch some other sport for the next five months before we get around to to October again. But um, but no, we we do appreciate listening. Uh, we've had a couple of special episodes the last couple of weeks, so do check those out. We uh, did an episode with a fellow podcast, uh, which I won't say too much about until later listen to the episode, but that was uh, two weeks ago, so a fortnight ago. And then the week before that, we interviewed uh, Owen Krebs, who's a, uh, a beat writer for Vegas Hockey Now, if I'm getting that correct. Um, and, uh, and so some great stuff there to listen to. So uh, if you are a new listener, it's the first episode you're listening to. Do go back and check out our 
back catalog because it's well worth it. Um, and as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do. You can post us some questions. If you've got things that you'd like us to talk about in the off-season as well, we're, we're open to any suggestions and ideas. So that is crackin-nights.com. Uh, and there's a little feature at the bottom to contact us, a little mailbag thing. So if you go down, type obviously email address and stuff into there, and then you can contact us directly at the show. So as always, thanks for listening. Uh, stay safe. And if you are a Vegas hockey fan, stay positive. There is a 29% chance <laughs> of making the playoffs, but that is still 29% better than zero um so while there's a chance yeah. there's a chance and we'll hold on to that and and who knows when we when we're talking with jp in a week's time that may well be a 99 percent, or it could be uh zero but we will yeah <laughs> we'll find out so uh so stay positive keep the faith and we'll speak in a week bye bye